0: Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, I'm Steve Adubato with the talented and lovely, um, and now with a blue background, co-anchor, executive producer, Mary Gamba. Mary, you got to talk to me. Before we bring in Greg Lalavie from A25, what's up with the the new background?
1: I tell you, well, I mean, you had improved your background. You look so great. I remember saying to you, I'm jealous. I had my bookshelf, which was fine. It worked really well. And I just felt like I really needed to uh, look as good as you, Steve. So thanks to our talented team with Scarlin and Elvin and Sylvester and Frank, uh, we were able to pull it together. And now I am in my new home studio.
0: Just make sure Mary does not look that much better than I do. And by the way, the great way to pull in our good friend, Greg Lalavie, Business Manager and General Vice President, International Union of Operating in- Engineers, Local 825. Greg, listen, you have been innovative and you have been innovating, if you will, from day one the pandemic started, we're taping right as we move into May 2021. Let me ask you something. You have a new background that you've have. What do you think of ours?
2: I, I think it's great. It, it's, uh, it beats a bookshelf. It stops uh, probably those people. I believe there's a Twitter site out there that rates bookshelves for people <laughs> on their, their Zoom and other video calls. So you've, you've eliminated that. Or is it that you didn't like your ranking?
0: No, no, listen. We wanted to have a more uniform look. We don't have the exact blue But we'll get off the the look of the show and get into substance in a second. Hey, Mary, do me a favor. While Greg and I and you, together with you, talk about innovation and leadership, et cetera, why don't you make sure everybody knows not only where we are, because there are some new platforms we just cleared, correct?
1: Yeah, we are really excited. So we are now on iHeartRadio, which was super exciting. Thanks to Nicole on our team for making that happen, as well as on Audible. And then you can also find us in our traditional places on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on our website, stand-deliver.com. That's a great place to go for a bunch of free articles and information and past shows as well. What
0: about Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock on News 12 Plus?
1: Sure, so every Sunday morning on News 12 Plus, you can find us there. And Greg, I think he's gonna be an alternate co-host. I love having you on Greg, so we're really excited to have you. And it's also a great segue to thank our sponsors, one of which is of course the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. We also have Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Sharing Network. Thank you so much for all you do for organ and tissue donation, and Seton Hall University, and the Pasino Leadership Institute.
0: Good stuff. Uh, by the way, Greg, last time we were on, we were talking a little bit about um, you and I talked about college basketball a lot. Um, and now I'd laugh. OK. And tell everyone uh, we, uh, but it, see, it, that's it,
1: not fair <laughs> because, you know, I don't know basketball. I hate the squeakiness <laughs> of the shoes. You cannot talk basketball the again because then I'm out of the, of the conversation. Right.
0: Greg, mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore what Mary said, who is a, a hockey obsessed fan. Greg, let me ask you, the, the, the Final Four, the Sweet 16, the NCAA, that's all done. What's the biggest leadership takeaway from your perspective? By the way, tell everyone who your favorite team is.
2: Uh, it's the Butler Bulldogs. My daughter's finishing her junior year.
0: Hankel Fieldhouse, correct? Awesome. Just Great checking. Go watch the game. What does college basketball have to do with leadership?
2: Uh, has everything to do with leadership. It it develops leaders. The coaches have to be good leaders through through this very trying time. I can't imagine the disappointment you bring up the tournament, the disappointment uh, the people had to feel sitting on the cusp of the NCAA tournament last year and and maybe missing their chance of a lifetime. Uh, it takes good leadership to, to manage those emotions and, and what those people must have been feeling and doing.
0: We talk about adversity a lot, and you and I talk about this, and we just finished a, another round of a terrific leadership academy at 825. Uh, at the the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local A25, a terrific group of people. We just finished a series of seminars. And every time we do this, we meet new and different people, all of whom are facing different challenges. Greg, here's the question I have, and it's not about basketball. It is about leadership. And Mary and I talk about this a lot as well. Dealing with rejection, dealing with family issues, dealing with pain, suffering, rejection, um, heartache. That's about leadership in life, is it not?
2: Sure. It's, it's two things that I consider leadership. One is getting to know your team, uh, knowing about their lives outside of the workplace, uh, because you never know when life is going to interrupt one of your team members' lives in a significant way. Uh, the other thing is to have a, a significant amount of empathy and to be able to talk to people, uh, to listen to them and to hear them out as to what might be going on in their life.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Mary, jump in here because we talk about empathy a lot as well.
1: Sure thing. And Greg, how do you balance though, the being empathetic, but also running the business in terms of if a family member does have something going on. And of course you want to be friendly without being overly, uh, we've had this conversation come up a lot in our leadership and communication seminars of how to avoid having water cooler conversation or the boss getting too friendly with their team. So they can't make those tough decisions when the time comes. How do you balance that?
2: Well, in the end, you have to be able to make the tough decisions. And, and I think behind a closed door with some of your team members who may be going through a difficult time is having the candid conversation about what you're willing to do or, and what your expectations are. I think all cards on the table uh, leads to a good outcome in the sense that what's going, what you say is to be expected. I believe, will be delivered on the other end if you're very open about it.
0: Mary, you know, it's funny. It, it actually happened last night as we're taping this show in a leadership academy with a group of physicians. And some of them are saying, I came up with the other physicians and now I'm the head of the department of um, uh, the, the emergency room or the operating room or, or the head of medicine, whatever it is, And but I'm fr- we're friends. Okay. And they asked, is it okay to be friends with someone, if you're the leader of the team, and my my answer, and I like your reaction, Greg, and yours, Mary, as well, is it's fine to be friendly, but if your friendship and your closeness on a personal level, because Mary and I are very close, but our personal friendship has not gotten in the way of having really difficult conversations and giving feedback to each other that neither one of us want to hear, but need to hear. Is that the balance for you, Greg?
2: The the hardest barrier, I think, to cross is to move from being a colleague to being the supervisor or the boss. It's a very difficult transition to make. And the hardest part of that is detaching your personal affinity, your personal friendship with some of the team from having to be their boss. Sometimes you have to lay a charge into somebody who might otherwise be a friend. That friend may not be expecting uh, what, what might be coming out of you as a supervisor, but at the end of the day, you have a responsibility to your organization, a responsibility to your team, a responsibility to those you serve uh, to make sure that you're running at maximum efficiency.
0: By the way, uh, that's Greg Lalavie, Mary Gamba on our new set, Steve Adubato. This is Lessons in Leadership. We're so glad that you joined us. And I know you, you see Greg on with us a lot. It's because every time we have offline conversations with him, with him or in the seminar, he always brings up a new and different way of looking at things. Mary, we did it last time, we can do it again. Um, look at you I could tell exactly that you know what I'm thinking so when team member Mary set it up a team member comes to you and what has Greg called that less than buttoned up (laughs) I can't believe we're going there
1: again I can't believe it well I will go there for a second but it does not get old it doesn't get old it doesn't get old
0: here here boss here's my problem go ahead Mary
1: because it happens on an almost daily, if not weekly basis, where one of your team members comes to you and says, hey, here, I have this leaky bag of poop for you, and it's leaking all over the place, and you don't know what to do with it. And I know we've talked about it before, Greg, but as far as advice, when somebody does come for people that haven't heard this before, what advice do you have when somebody does come to you on your team with that leaky bag of poop?
2: Well, in full context, the team member has a habit of plopping it on your desk and then walking out the door.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, and,
2: that, and that's what creates the issue. Uh, to, to me, it's don't, don't walk in with a problem uh, without walking in with a, a couple of different possible solutions to the problem. Willing to talk about it as the leader, but to just drop the problem and walk out, um, you know, assumes an awful lot. I have the time to address the problem. I have the resources to address the problem. I even know the answer to the problem because a good leader realizes that he or she doesn't have the answer to every question. Uh, so it takes it takes time and effort, but I, I ask my team members to walk in with solutions to the problem that they see. I, I
1: agree, Steve, I wanted to ask right, right. one other question though. I had it on the agenda for today and I really wanna make sure we talk to you Greg about agenda? it because-
2: <laughs> Where's my agenda?
0: <laughs>
1: You have the same agenda and sheet of music that I have. Don't don't pretend. Why
0: do I ignore it all the time? Okay. I don't ahead.
1: know. That's what I'm wondering. So Greg, we're about 14 months into the pandemic. By the time this airs, it'll be uh, a few months after that. And one thing that we have really talked extensively about when the pandemic hit, you had to go from leading your meetings in person, um, big group union meetings. Now you're doing it remotely. But just recently, I know in our conversations, you said you've changed your format. You've really gone you know, above and beyond and in, in making it still very effective. Can you talk a little bit about that? What have you learned and what tips and tools do you have for people that still need to lead meetings remotely?
2: Sure. Well, we've done a couple of things. We we still do remote meetings in formats very much like this. Uh, We've also employed a radio transmitter to have in-person meetings, uh, which allows our members to stay in their car, but still have our meetings, put out the relevant information, but it's a lot a lot easier and a lot better uh, for myself as a leader and for the organization. If those members are there and need, need or want to have a discussion, we can have that discussion because we're both in the same place where the remote can be somewhat impersonal.
0: You know, Greg and I talked, he was, he was leading a meeting <clears throat> up in New York somewhere and we talked on the way home. And what struck me about it was that he had sent me the video of him, and Greg, I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing you, but here's the thing. What I have noticed, and this is really important. It's not really about you. It's about everyone who's trying to figure out how to, and this is, someone says, why are you talking about public presentation? Well, because leadership to a large extent is about moving people to act through your words. Yes, your actions as well. But Greg, what I've noticed over the years is over this past year, especially is early on, you would have a script and you would have the script somewhere near the camera. I'm not sure where. And I noticed you were, it was here and there and here and there. I watched this meeting you ran the other day. You're right into the camera. What happened to the script?
2: I lost it um, because I want to try to stay more engaging. I think that's one, one necessary piece of doing remote meetings is to try to keep your audience engaged. And the way to do that is to continue to make eye contact with them. And the eye contact is in the camera. It's not on my notes or or looking around or even in a, a Zoom type or other platform. Looking at all the talking heads that might be on my screen. But you have bullet points. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I just. People think you're winging
0: it right now. Don't they think you're winging it and you're not? Let them know.
2: Yeah, no, not winging it at all. Uh, What one of the things actually, you know, you want to go back? Sorry, Mary, we'll go back to college basketball for a second. But one of the things I keep uh, in a couple of the rooms that I'm in is I keep what's called the Butler Way. Um, hanging on a wall where I can see it, uh, because it's a good—it's a good guide for me in everything that I do.
0: Uh, the other quote, Mary, is it come from Ecclesiastes? Yes, four twelve. True. Can you can you can you do it verbatim?
2: Sure. Where where one may fall prey, two can resist him. A threefold cord is not easily unwound.
0: What do you take from that, Greg?
2: Well, it takes, a, it takes a team that people can gather together as a team and work together and accomplish great things. What do you take, Mary?
1: Oh, I, I tell you, I, I've been thinking about that for a very long time, uh, just with at work and at home, just that there's power in numbers. And it's just so incredible when you do have that great team that really comes together as a cord and works together toward a common goal. So that really resonated with me for sure.
0: Um, Greg, before I let you go, how do you stay upbeat and positive And I don't mean like, no disrespect, like holding hands singing kumbaya positive. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what we're talking about. How do you stay with all of the issues, challenges, problems, obstacles, uncertainty? Wow, we didn't expect that, et cetera. Um, With all that responsibility, long-winded way of asking, how do you stay upbeat and positive? Because as the late, great Keith Harrell once said in his book, attitude is everything.
2: I love what I do. And when I think about... My union, the Operating Engineers Union, my father uh, was in this union from the time he was discharged from the Marine Corps in 1960. I followed him into it. So very simply, there's nothing I have had or will have in my life that I don't owe back to this organization somehow. It's a debt I'll never have repaid for as long as I live. Uh, So I continue to just try to repay that debt and pay it forward to those that'll be behind me.
0: Well said. By the way, Mary, in the future, we have another 825 superstar. Uh, Kevin Young going to be with us? What, what, what? I said superstar. You start laughing, Greg. He, first of all, he graduated from the 825 Stand and Deliver Leadership Academy. He's gotten better and better, uh, mostly because of my coaching. Uh, no, I'm joking. But he's coming on Lessons in Leadership. That is progress, Greg Lalavie.
2: Now it, it sure is. He's a, he's a young man who, who showed a lot of passion and a lot of desire to, to make the organization better. And he's somebody who's dove head first into it. Uh, for, for me, trying to mentor a young person, it was great to do because uh, he's like a sponge and I could talk to him about anything. Uh, he goes out and does his own research and his own reading and uh, has just really embraced uh, everything that being a good leader in this organization is about and how to make the organization better and our members better.
0: And Mary, one of our favorite chapters in Lessons in Leadership, I don't know why I don't have the book here somewhere, but um, is Great Leaders Build Future Leaders. And that's what Greg's doing. Mary, you got anything before we let Greg go?
1: No, just Greg. It's always a pleasure having you on. I always feel like we learn something new. And if we're learning, so are our viewers. So thank you so much for that.
2: Well, thanks, Mary. It's always great to be with you guys.
0: Thanks, my friend. That's Greg Lalavie. Mary, Steve Adubato. We'll be right back. Lessons in Leadership right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Atabato, and my colleague Mary Gamba is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand delivercom
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by nj.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership, Steve and Mary. Hey, Mary, uh, Greg Lalovey, always compelling. I-,
1: I wasn't even joking. I think we could have him on every single episode with us. And number one, he would add tremendous value. But he always has something different and unique to share when it comes to leadership and communication.
0: He sure does. By the way, we did, not, did we plug our promotional partners uh, at uh, Commerce and Industry Association of New Jersey, Commerce Magazine, New nope. Jersey Business and Industry Association, and New Jersey Business Magazine?
1: Great job doing that, and I would also love to tell people where they can find us on Facebook at Steve Adubato, PhD. That's A D U B A T O, and Sylvester will put it right up there on screen. You better do it, Sylvester, and then Twitter at Steve Adubato.
0: and the website
1: uh, stand-deliver.com.
0: Okay, so let's set this up. The Reverend Buster, uh, sorry, uh, DeForest Buster, sorry, is senior pastor. First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens, founder of Corporate Community Connections. I've known Buster Sores, Reverend Sores for a lot of years. Um, He was a mentor of mine going all the way back when I first moved into Montclair, New Jersey from my hometown of Newark. Um, The one thing about Reverend Sores, as you watch this interview, is he's been at this for a long time, but he doesn't do it the same way. He innovates, he creates, he builds, he creates a succession plan. And he's never satisfied with the status quo, which I know people say, why does Adubato say that all the time? It's because if you're standing still, you're going backwards as a leader. And uh, we also talk about disruptors, right, Mary?
1: We sure do. Yeah, you and he talk about the fact that you're both disruptors in a good way. And that really has to do a lot with the status quo, meaning that you want to make sure that change is constant. You're constantly looking to improve. And as we always say, going from good to great.
0: Yeah. By the way, Reverend Stories is a disruptor in a very good way, an innovator, a disruptor. There is not, not everyone around me would call me a disruptor, 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 disruptor.
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> Although some people around you may call you a disruptor <laughs> once in a you while.
0: Know, you know, I, I teed it up and I thought you might leave it alone, but you didn't. No,
1: I just hit it out of the ballpark. Unlike another- your Yankees, I hit a home run with that one.
0: I'm going to leave that alone. The devils are doing real well in hockey. Oh, but I love the Oh, no, Well, uh, This is Reverend Soares. We'll be right back after this. Lessons in Leadership is honored to be joined by the Reverend Dr. DeForest Buster Soares, Jr., senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens. Good to see you, Buster. Good to be here. Good to see you, Steve, always. Um, Reverend Soares just did a conversation with us for our public television programming. This is Lessons in Leadership. Um, Reverend... I need to ask you, I struggle, think about, write about, teach about, and make a lot of mistakes about leadership.
3: What about you? I think we're experiencing a leadership crisis in the country. And when I look at it from my perspective, I think there was a shift in the 70s and then the 80s that caused us to put more emphasis on management than leadership. Coming out of the 70s where there was, there were high interest rates, economic crisis, I think the American business model, which filtered out into other sectors, really put a high premium on people who could manage, people who could manage uh, budgets, people who could manage resources, people who could manage people. But management is not leadership.
0: What's the biggest difference, Reverend?
3: The biggest difference is leadership takes more risks than management. Leadership takes people to places they have not been before. Uh, Leadership motivates and inspires people. Leadership empowers people. Leadership challenges the status quo. Management perfects the art of getting the most out of the status quo, but leadership challenges the status quo and creates a new status quo. And I think coming into our generation of leaders, people who are in positions of leadership, I think we find less leadership skill and more management skill. And of course, in the political sector, we often find neither. Leaders aren't. Of- we find people who are in the right place at the right time and they, they're able to raise enough money to manage enough media, work the system, and just win the prize. But I think to your point, lead- leadership is both the skill and art and the gift and all three have to be combined and honed into something that is impactful for someone other than the leader.
0: So I'm going to follow up with Reverend Suarez. And, and I said this on our public television program. Reverend and I um, uh, go back a long way. He married my wife, Jennifer, and I 20 years ago in June of, it'll be June of 2021. And um, that was special. And he is special. And so he's, he's always been there for advice and guidance. But the other thing he may not realize, at least for me and a lot of other people, is as a leader, he is an extraordinary visionary. He, he sees things, imagines things, and then has to communicate them to those around him. So I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get at this. You mentioned that your staff is pretty young. Well, we have a very young staff, too. They're terrific. They get things done. But there are times that my mind, as much as, as long as I've been in this, I trust me, there's a question here. They're always like, really, there's another idea, Steve? Really, you wanna do what? Why are we going to spin off and do this? Why are we creating this other new platform? Can't we just, and that's not a criticism of the staff, but my mind is wired, Buster, on the weekends thinking about new and different ways you're shaking your head. Do we have a disease? Do you and I have some sort of sickness? What is it? Well, (laughs) I think what
3: what happened to me was this, and yes, the answer is yes, we have a disease. I know. A couple of things happened to me. Number one, I grew up seeing people with the same disease. I I grew up listening to a guy named Martin Luther King Jr. who in 1963 saw Barack Obama. People thought he was crazy. Here, here black people were being beaten for wanting to vote in Mississippi in 1963. For walking across the Pettus Bridge. And Martin Luther King has the audacity to say he had a dream that the children of slaves and the children of slave masters will be in fellowship with each other. So we grew up, you know, your father, went, went, the first time I went to the North Ward, I went to the North Ward when white people and black people in Newark were at each other's throats. It was not a pretty situation. Bar- Baraka was trying to build a low-income housing in the North Ward and Imperial
0: Alley, had goons with, with guns. Vigilantes, right. white, white, white racism, nationalism, and supremacy was alive and well in my neighborhood. That's all I'm gonna say. Right.
3: And Steve Alabado said, well, we're gonna stay right my here. My dad. That's right, your father, Steve Sr. said, we're gonna have a North Ward Education and Cultural Center. We're gonna serve everybody. We're, we're going to build a, a neighborhood. We're going to function as a part of the larger community. We don't care about the riots. The riots don't scare us. We're 1967. Housing and child care. So we grew up literally in our homes and in our nation,
0: seeing people who have this disease. So for us, we are normal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Reverend, Buster, get this. My father, you know, God rest his soul. He, he remember, I remember he goes, you know, son, we built the Northward Center and everyone, a lot of people credit it now. He said, but when we built it, you know what the neighbors asked? You know what the people in, the, in our community in Norcast. asked? You don't intend on serving black and Hispanic people, right? right. Not only, and not only was
3: the answer yes, he ends up hiring a black woman to run the business.
0: <laughs> Adrian Davis was right. there as his right arm for all those years. And they're like, well, the what years. are you doing? Is, what about us? And he goes, well, wait a minute, we're part of something bigger. So the point I'm making is not to praise my dad. It's just that, as Reverend Sores talks about this, going out of the box, it was such a cliche outside the box thinking, the audacity, you talked about Dr. King, my, my father's obviously not in that category, in our own ways, and I don't compare myself to you either, we're constantly, we're just not okay with the status quo. Is that a fair way to say it? And is that, that a big part that, of leadership?
3: That, no, that we are disruptors. If, if, <laughs> if, if they had written about us then and using the language of today, we are disruptors. But look at, look at where the world is. The world is the world as we know it, not because of status quo defenders, but because of disruptors. Look at the financial industry and all of these fintechs. You can now go to the bank online through a mobile app. You don't need any. Look at Steve Jobs, Apple. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Look, look. So, so, yeah, Steve Jobs didn't do a survey to find out if we wanted iPhones. Steve Jobs said, you know what? I've got an idea and I can sell it to people. And it has become now a part of our lives. So it is a disease, but it's a disease that has contributed to the evolution and to the progress of the human race from the beginning. And that's why we want our young people to have the same disease. Not everyone has it,
0: but someone
3: better have it. Otherwise, we're stuck in our right now,
0: even when tomorrow comes. And, And to Reverend Suri's point, we need people day to day, not just being good managers, and we are blessed to have such a great team, but also being innovative and creative and coming up with their own ideas so that I'm not the only crazy one doing this. Um, but Buster, thank you. I, I, know we're scheduled for one interview, but you stayed with us to talk about leadership well, and I'm better for it. And I know our audience is as well. Reverend, thank you so much, so much. Best to you and your congregation. Thanks, Steve. Best to you
3: and your team and to all of your impactful productions and interviews. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, Reverend Buster' stories. powerful stuff. Mary, one thing I want to talk about here. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a leader, a disruptor, an innovator, a courageous man who changed the course of our nation. I don't know if enough people appreciate him as a leader versus a speechmaker and a leader of protest and a leader of the civil rights movement. I mean, he was an incredible leader who died at 39 years of age. And I don't think people understand the courage it took to be that kind of leader and to give up your life for such a cause.
1: Especially at that time. I mean, he was literally, as you said, a trailblazer. He was not afraid. He was also a family man. I, I read some recent uh, articles lately about that. And just he dedicated his life to truly making change happen. It's so inspirational. And if people remember his speeches, if people remember his leadership, the key is that we definitely need to continue to remember him and to uh, live you know, by his words and his leadership for sure.
0: And as you wrap up the show, I want you to think about this. In Dr. King's, and, and I've, I've read so much about him. We have a library right next door and there's a whole section of books um, about race and the civil rights movement. And so many of them are about Dr. King and also Malcolm X and some others. But, but my final point is this, this interesting thing about leadership. Dr. King toward the end of his life, his very young life, he was tired, exhausted, did not on a all levels want to go to where he went to fight on behalf of a group of sanitation workers who were striking. He went. He gave an extraordinary speech the night before he died. I've been to the mountaintop. Why do I share it? Great leaders, no matter how they feel, no matter how exhausted they are, they never give up. And um, we all a lot to Dr. King, an extraordinary leader. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Mary. This has been Lessons in Leadership. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank. The Bicino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Atabato. And my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.
1: Valley's all about making life easier for clients, and that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners. For folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs. For parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow. And for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too.